Welcome back to Third Base Dugout, episode 98. We have two more remaining until the big, big, big episode. Well, two more, including this one, until the big episode. Um, and this was a jam-packed week to where I had to cut stuff off of the Google Doc that we create each week for the episode um, just to be able to not have a two and a half hour episode again because i think we're gonna, keep people it, lose, we're gonna keep it tight tonight i feel like people lose interest after like an hour and a half at least i do when i'm listening to podcasts if it's over an hour and a half i probably won't listen to it so, i mean it was a lot of fun though last one was a lot of fun that was it's a good episode. if you our, haven't our, listened to that go listen to that that was a good episode our, our yeah. resident nerd yeah. Um, but before we get started, uh, oh, by the way, I'm Brian. For, for those people um, new to listening, I'm Brian. I'm with Jacob and Mike. Who? Jacob who? is a baseball player for VCU. Wait, Me who, and Mike who? are. Who? Who, who's are... Jacob? Shelly. Yeah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Shelly's a uh, baseball player for VCU. You can't be giving uh, away my government name like that, Brian. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then me and Mike are washed up baseball players who will be battling it out um, at some point here soon for life. Oh, man, we got something. We got something in the works for, for uh, the 100 special. This is going to be this is going to be good. We're, we're workshopping it, but I, I we got something good. We do. Um, I need you to work on my intro. Well, I, I, I put you in the same category as me. Yeah, which is why I need you. It's to not like I'm showing favoritism <laughs> towards me and over you. We're in the same category. We are both washed up baseball players. Yeah, but I'm a I'm a Naba All Star. So, <laughs> yeah, you can't leave out that important detail. Do I get to call myself a Naba Hall of Famer then? No, because no, like two years in college. Wait, no, I mean, no, one year out of college. I'm thinking the Piedmont. I'm a Piedmont Hall of Famer. Yes. Naba, I sucked. Yeah. So I my didn't, arm hurt for 90% of that. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't suck in Naba and I made the all-star team at age what was it? I think 30, 31. No, dang, no, I'm still I'm still 32 now. What am I talking about? I was like 29, 28, 29. But either way, most of the guys I'm playing against are, you know, college guys and you know, still made the all-star team and there you go. So this might have to dabble in Napa next year. I need to make some pitches to some teams, see who would who would need my services. I I will retire from catching. No, I I will refuse to put the gear on after I'm done playing college baseball. Outside of some other opportunities, if they do present themselves, which you know I'm not a I'm not a fool. I'm not going to go chasing dreams like that. But I will play a solid left field for you. I won't go for balls in the gaps though. I refuse for that. That's that's my center fielder's job. Stationary, yeah. stationary. I mean, Brian. Brian got a look at it last summer. I did not move out there. No, nope, he did not. <laughs> the, <laughs> the cool thing about Naba was like, I definitely big league the whole thing. Like we've had this, no, but you can like that's, that's yeah, a exactly. Part of it. That was you the purpose. Go up there and you open the yearbook wide open. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely, I was definitely Uncle Rico, you know, back in my day. If <laughs> I definitely <laughs> big league the whole thing. Um, want, it wasn't going to be a whole bunch of, you know, diving for balls in the outfield. Now I'm cool. No, nah, because you have to it, do your own laundry after the game. Yeah. And like now nah, it was cool. <laughs> and, you know, oh, uh, man. If, if sliding in the second base, ooh, that's a business decision there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I slid maybe like twice. 
and that, I mean, that was even on double plays. Like, that was peeling off or, like, just yelling, making noise. Like, I wasn't going to – I wasn't about to slide. And, yeah, and I wasn't about to get pegged either. So, I made you make a business decision on what you wanted to do. But I, I think I slid, like, one time. It was to preserve it. It was to preserve a double. Hustle double, by the way. If, it, uh, all right, that, if, it's, if it's to pad your stats, you yeah. got to do it. Also, uh, I mean, also, if it's a close play at home – you know, and you, you want to get those runs up, you know, you want to score a couple more runs. You got, yeah. you got, you see, hey, those I matter care, for the All Star game. I, I cared more about stakes than, uh, you know, ribeyes, RBIs than, <laughs> than scoring runs. I was like, ah, ah, it's okay. Like, I'm not about to score in a base hit from second. That's not about to happen. I don't care that much about your RBIs. Um, you better hit it over the wall, but so we can both try it because. <laughs> I, I'm not legging out, you know, uh, a hard hit ball to center field. You want me to not round it? Nah, we play station to station right now, big dog. I, I would. I need to ask Mason about runs because I, I got some questions about it. Like, why? Why do we? Why do we track those? Uh, because that's how the scored. game is scored, Shelly. No, I know. I'm not talking about the actual. I'm talking about individual scoring runs. It seems kind of. Well, it means you got on base and you did your job for someone else to do theirs. I guess. I don't know. You don't really look at a guy's like, oh, man, this guy's got 300 runs scored this year. We're going to watch out for him. You look at so you look at the old batting average or the on-base percentage or the homers, you know. You don't really look, take a look at the runs. I think, like, of this generation, I think, like, Whit Merrifield is, like, the king of runs. Yeah, I think so. Speaking I think, of like, because, like, he was always at the top of the order. He always got, like, the most hits in the league. Speaking of the world. Never let him batting average, though, somehow. Vinny Pasquintino, the yeah. Italian breakfast, makes the debut. Mm-hmm. Local product, another 804 product making the debut. I think oh. the Royals are just sitting in the area, just poaching all the good talent from the 804. I think so. That is pretty cool that him and Daniel Hunter are playing together. That is cool. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So my last little nabbit tidbit, the only thing that I missed that I felt like would have solidified it was I didn't go yard. Had a couple, had a couple that banged off the wall, um, but didn't go yard. And then, of course, playing like y'all know from playing at Verina, like the field dimensions there. I, I roped a few balls to straightaway center that had I pulled them would have been long gone. Um, but yeah, didn't didn't get a long ball. That's like the only league I've ever played in, or only time I've ever played that I didn't get at least one long ball. All right, Mike. Uh, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a hitting lesson, and you will be hitting bombs by the end of it. Oh, no. So the problem is now is like everything is just elevate to celebrate. Like it is completely Domingo Ayala. All right, cool. <laughs> that, that was what I was going to do. I was going to say, all right, yes. we're going to drop the back shoulder and let it fly. Oh, yeah. Uh, elevate to celebrate. Like that. that is it. Um, that will be know, my, so. men's league, my men's league swing as well. I, I'm not going to be worried about the batting average at all. Yeah, you know, Kent, Kent Murphy, you know. I might have to get back surgery, though, because I will definitely throw my back out. Yeah, like – I, I probably hit some of the most impressive like big league flies in that, but as well, because uh, I was that like everything was as much as I picked on like launch angle of like not oh no I was lifting everything it didn't matter I was trying to jack everything out of there and yeah so center fielders definitely had some time to wait and the fun thing was I wouldn't run it out just in case he dropped it I was like if he drops it bro I don't deserve to be on base anyway so I'm probably still just gonna stay at first. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. Okay, Brian. We we won't we won't go. Now that we're four minutes into the episode and we haven't talked about Major League Baseball <laughs> one. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Time. I talked about the Italian breakfast, dude. 
That is fair true. enough. Fair enough. Talk about the Royals for a little bit. That's the only time I, all year. I we'll said big league fly. That's fair. And I said big league. Talk. That's true. All right. That's our major league baseball talk for the day. <laughs> good, um, good show, guys. So how does your life going? <laughs> make sure you go follow us on Twitter at third base dugout. because uh, that is important in all of this. Um, if you don't follow us on Twitter, you're a loser. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna personally hunt your account down. We're just gonna go find all the millions of accounts and just be like loser. You're gonna miss out on all the free shit that we're giving away. Yeah, <laughs> we can't we can't make promises here. <laughs> free, <laughs> but just in case money, we do, you're gonna want to follow us on Twitter. You you pay us money and we'll give you something for free. That's, That's a good deal. That is capitalism. <laughs> That's a <good> <laughs> uh, okay. Baseball related. Tiger related, not a good stat you're gonna want to hear. Oh, Kyle Schwarber. I know I saw yes. this right before the episode. Yes, like I, I opened Bleach Report. It really that. brought my mood down for the day, too. I was Sorry. really high going into that <laughs> going into this episode. And then it just like here's the brick wall. Here's me. Just right into it. Kyle Schwarber has as many home runs in June as the entire Tigers team. I mean, June Schwarber is a very real thing. That is true. I do want to, I do want to put that out there. It goes April, May, Schwarber, July, August. Yeah, 100%. And the Red Sox didn't even get June Schwarber either. We had to wait for him to get to July. The thing is, is Schwarber wasn't even the player of the month, in my opinion. I think Brian Reynolds was. Brian Reynolds batted like 360 with eight nukes and 20 RBIs this month. That's pretty good. With and the guy, guy's still batting like 253 because he had such a horrendous April and May. Hey, 253 is nothing to shake a stick at. That's not that's a respectable batting. Not average. great and for a uh, trade deadline piece. Yeah, who was batting what well over 300 at the time he got traded? Well, no, I'm saying he's getting traded. There's a hundred percent chance of, that the Pirates are going to get rid of Brian Reynolds at, in, at the end of July. Oh no, I'm thinking of the the other uh, the other. They're going to get a haul for him too, which is great. Although they shouldn't trade him because O'Neill Cruz is godsend from the future. But yeah, is he going to be rookie of the month after playing like five games in June? I think Riley Green will. Maybe I think Riley Green will get it, or maybe Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt's been playing pretty well. Man, I, I don't know. What happened to rookies? Have been starting to turn it up a little bit. What? What, what happened? To, this is the last time we're going to talk about the Royals. We just yeah, yeah. We talked about four players from the Royals somehow. <laughs> somehow we're going to end up mentioning like four other players here. Um, uh, remember the 2014 Royals? Whew, that was a team. 2015, some might say, even, was even better. Because they actually played baseball. And they actually <laughs> won the World Series. They, they bunted? Yeah, stole bases, hit and run, taking the extra base. But hey, I've got trivia for you guys. I want to do it before we get into the nitty gritty because I worked for about an hour on this into a rabbit hole on baseball reference. You guys go on. You're so devastated when Mike and I get it on the first try every time. Yeah. Um, Speaking of that, you guys get on. (laughs) You guys get into your rabbit holes on the episode. I go on to baseball reference and I'm there for an hour after being after planning to be on there for about ten minutes. Oh no, because you just start clicking links on there and then you end up. You do, and all of a sudden you're at like. I don't know. You know, like, Mordecai um, Three Finger Browns baseball yeah, reference page exactly. starting like with like Tandy Alcantara's. And, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, all of a sudden you're sitting there looking at Oil Can Boyd and his fielding stats from 1400s. <laughs> well, well, yeah, Oil Can wow. Boyd was, was a serviceable arm in the 1980s for the Boston Red Sox. Come on now. <laughs> I love it. 
Um, okay, are we ready? Oh, it's you. So with the Astros throwing a no-hitter this week, I decided to base trivia around no-hitters. I watched a movie on no-hitters one time. I'm, a, I'm sort of an expert. I don't know if this will help you because this is all very recent-based. Oh, man. This movie was definitely made in, like, 2005. So all right, that's, that's about where their mind extent of no-hitter knowledge is. Yeah. yeah. All right, so this is probably going to be the easiest one of them all. What team has thrown the most no-hitters in Major League Baseball history? All right. Let's talk this one out, Mike. So the Red Sox, I know for a fact, in the 2000s alone, have thrown four, I want to say. That's definitely not the highest. Okay, can you – so you said the most in Major League history? So Nolan Ryan threw seven of them, right? But he threw, his were kind of spread out. Like he threw yeah. some for the Rangers, some for the Astros. And I think he threw like one for the Angels, like in the middle of all that. So the Dodgers. I think you guys are really, really overthinking it. Like, like this, this, like the Astros. This, no, it's a team that has been around for so dang. Yankees, the Astros haven't it, really been around for that long. No, no, no. no Yankees no. or Cubs. No, Dodgers. 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 Yeah, because Koufax do like like four or five of them. Yeah. Kershaw's third, I think, too. Like it, they've they've got a lot. Yeah, they've got they've got twenty six actually to be exact. You shouldn't have said obvious because I, I was I was all, I was gonna I was gonna explain my reasoning for the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, did, like, yeah, you guys were just really digging. Drysdale, like, I think one for three. them too, like in the fifties, like. They had a bunch of guys. I knew I knew y'all were kind of screwed though when Shelly started bringing up the Red Sox in the 2000s. I'm like, Shelly, you're not going to get there off of that logic, buddy. <laughs> oh, I was getting there. I was I, I was just working back. <laughs> All right. Who has what? the most perfect games on Mother's Day? Uh, who has the most? Yes, uh, Dallas Braden of the. That is correct. I, did, I actually can't confirm that though. I just. Um, what four teams only have a single no hitter? All right, the Mets are the first one. All four are very new teams. The Mets are the first one because Johan Santana threw the first one, right? No. Really? Padres. Uh, They have two now because they threw one earlier this year. Crap. The Padres are are one, Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove. All right. Um, The the Mariners, I feel like they don't throw a lot of no-hitters. Fernandez threw one, and I – Yeah, that's right. You do for who else. I think – or. No, Randy might have thrown one with the Mariners. No, he threw no. one with the Diamondbacks. No, they, they, they have more than one, though. Yeah. Johnson threw one with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, he's got two. The Braves. It's a perfect game. So we know the we know the Padres. Mm-hmm. Padres, that's a good one. You said fairly new teams. Very, like right. like th- four of probably some of the newest teams. Okay, so the Marlins have to have had. No, they might not have. Marlins, uh, yeah. Um, they, uh, shoot. Um, what was his name? Henderson Alvarez threw one. Okay. So they have more than I, one. They do have more than one, though. I can't right. remember. What about the like Diamond? Oh, uh, AJ Burnett threw one for the uh, Marlins. Ah, yeah. I don't think the Rockies have. The Rockies, the Rockies, have, the Rockies are one. Okay. All right. So the Rockies. Bought the Menos. I've gotten two of these, Shelly. All right. Diamondbacks. Diamond Oh, the Nationals? Or the Nationals count as the Expos here, too, right? Uh, that counts as both there. So, okay, yeah, so, so no. 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 Uh, the newest team in baseball history. Oh, uh, the Rays? The Rays. 
All right. One more team. Um, one more team. A guy who played for this team threw some no-hitters, but he never threw one for this team. Okay, this, so let's – This let's, one let's, was let's, back in the 80s that it was thrown. Okay, so let's think this one out here. So, rel- this is one of the relatively new teams. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to scratch off. Brewers? No. Can't be the Angels because they're not relatively new. Um, I can give you the exact date that this team was. That might help establish. So obviously the Cardinals, no. Obviously the Red Sox, no. The Braves, no. We already. 1977, this team was established and was not a franchise before. Houston doesn't count because they were the Colts. And the Rangers definitely know because Nolan Ryan threw multiple no-hitters for them. We're missing a super obvious one. Oh, no, the the twin. No, the twins were no. Um man. Definitely not the Reds. I got half of them, so not the Guardians. At this point, we've pretty much hit every team. Let me think. All right, let's go. Let's go west. Let's start. Let's start from the east coast to the west coast here. So, we've got the Red Sox. We're scratching off the Red Sox, scratching off the Yankees, scratching off the Mets. Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Nice. Blue Jays. Uh, uh, Dave Bleeb or Gleeb. Dave Bleeb. Dave Gleeb. Yep. Uh, back in uh, 19, what was it? 19. Oh, no, sorry. Dave, Steve. Steve. Oh, Steve. Um, yeah, Steve. Yeah. I don't know why I said Glebe. Um, but and then I agree with you. And I was like, yeah, I know the name. I uh, don't no, know. There, there's a, there's a, no, uh, Dave, Steve. I, I keep getting this, like, whenever I go on YouTube, this, this channel, I want to say it's called like, like Secret Base. No free promos, but I'll give a free promo to them because they make great videos. They they have like a like a four part documentary on this guy. Really, and I just I have not like I I'm like oh I might get around to watch that. I just haven't done it. Yeah, might have to do that. A lot of people probably a lot of people would have thought that Roy Halladay threw one with the Blue Jays, but he never did. Nope, with the Phillies. Yep, in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, dude, two in one year, right? Nope. No, it was the, the following year. But we'll hold on to that thought. All right. Of players who have thrown a solo no-hitter since 2000, so solo no-hitter, so you can't include closers into this, who has the most career saves? I will give you a hint off the bat because this is very, very difficult. He played for the Red Sox. John Smoltz did not throw a no-hitter, so it's Derek Lowe. Derek Lowe, 86 career saves. Yeah, oh, I man, that was easy. I would, I would have never got that one. Yes. Um, you won in right. 2002. Although you know, John Smoltz did, uh, Smoltz did pop in my head. So that was my first. And he said closer Red Sox. First one I thought Smoltz, but Smoltz never threw a no no. Mm-hmm. But Derek Lowe did 2002, I believe. Yep. That's a Jason Baratak. All right. Who is the only person to throw two solo no hitters without another player doing it in between? Oh, I know. It's, uh, Sorry, since 2000. Crap. Johnny Van Meter, or not Van Meter, whatever his name was. Because I think Nolan Ryan would have had, like, 
No, there was a dude who literally threw back-to-back no-hitters in, like, the 40s. This one is a name that you probably haven't heard in a while. All right, back-to-back no-hitters. Without somebody else throwing one in between. Mark Burley? It was actually in two separate years, but he threw the last one of one year and the first one of another. Was it Mark Burley? No, it was not Mark Burley. All right. No, he only threw one, right? I believe so. Phil Humber comes to to mind. He only threw one. That was the most random no-hitter I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was. A day on Nomo. No, he threw one in 94 and 2001, I believe. You know who the second one was with? Red Sox. I think it might have been 2003, actually. Could He's one of the four. All right. So, Doc Holiday. Is, why not? Holiday. No. All right. Um, hmm. A name we haven't heard in a while. A name you have not heard in a while. Paul Pavano. Oh, shit. <laughs> that dude went missing, I'm pretty sure, when he played for the Yankees. Like, he literally, like, disappeared. Yeah, I haven't heard that name in so long. Shelly and I were talking about him during uh, while well, working together during the summer. At one point, we started talking about Carl Pavano. We're like, who is like the the, the most random oh, big leaguer ever? And Carl Pavano, and like, and had to have success. It's Carl Pavano. Like that dude <laughs> literally had one good year and made like a seven year, eight year big league career out of one good year. Crazy. All right, back to the question here. All right, I've, so- got, I've got eight of these, so we're. <laughs> I might have to give you guys a time limit on this. So we threw back-to-back no-hitters. Well, not, not, in, not in consecutive starts. He was just, no, no, correct, no one correct. threw a no-hitter in between. All right. I'll give you another hint. It is since 2010. Felix Hernandez. Never. Only threw one, I believe. Oh, man. This is tough. 2010. Yeah, I'm, I'm all out. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. Oh, also, I know the other Mariners one. It's James Paxton. That's right. Yeah. Big oh, Red Sox, James Paxton. Yeah, I'm all I'm out. out. I'm out. I don't know. Um, Homer Bailey. Bro. I didn't even Bro. know he threw a no-hitter. He threw two on September 28th of 2012 and then July 2nd of 2013. With the Reds, right? Yep. Both with the Reds. What a horrible name for a pitcher. Yep. Uh, that's not as bad as Grant Balfour. That is a, that's a, yeah. That has to be the worst pitcher name of all time. Um, yeah. All right. It takes a cake. I've got four left. Here we go. What pitchers since 2000 have thrown a no hitter the year their team won the World Series? All right. Um, Clay Buckles. Yep. 07. I don't know why Roy Halladay's career is so weird to me because I feel like all of like his big accomplishments oh. happened in one year, but they did. Justin Verlander. Nope. Verlander uh, did not have won a World Series since '84. No, somebody with uh, oh, the Astros. Yeah. No, I believe he did it in 2019. Okay. Fair. Kershaw did I not. I mean, we know that y'all haven't won a World Series since you know. Yeah, trust me, I know it all too well. What sucks is Lester threw his in like 08 or something like that. So he's out. Verlander yeah, threw it September 1st, 2019. Won the World Series that year. He went to the World Series that year. Uh, wait, did we already say Roy Holiday? 
Yeah, it was wrong. He did not do it that year. But and see, like I, I don't know. Maybe I'm I, not, was a per- I think that was a perfect game. No, I thought his no. I thought his no hitter was in the playoffs during that same run where they won. I believe the it was 2010. He threw his no hitter in the playoffs. I could be wrong. Hold on. Uh, like I said, October 6, 2010, Philadelphia Phillies versus Cincinnati Reds. Roy Halladay was Roy Halladay even on he the 08 World Series? Who won the World Series in 10? Uh, uh, San Francisco Giants. That's true. I also Ooh. did, Shelly. You were actually you were actually right on that last one as well. Roy Halladay did do it in 2010. I just I missed the playoff one, so that's on me. So that's Roy Halladay also did. He threw. Oh, sorry, he threw. Wait. Sorry. No, there was a no hitter in between. I just gave an answer to a feature question. A partial partial of the answer, but there's another yeah, answer. I think I know the other I think I know the other answer to that. But um who did I just say? Matt Kane. Matt Kane. Matt Kane did do it in 2010. All right. Yep. You've got two, you've got two more. Did Tim Lincecum throw a no hitter? Tim Lincecum in 2012. Oh That's sorry, fine. sorry, sorry. Move both of those up two years. Kane did it in twenty in twelve. Lincecum did it in fourteen. Let's go. I've got three of the four. And then last one is probably the best second half a pitcher has ever had in Major League Baseball. All right. All right, Mike. Except for, except for Jack Flaherty a couple of years ago because he didn't win the World Series, but he had it, one of the best second halves. Um, this guy was literally dominant Scherzer. for like five straight uh, baseball months. It's not Max Scherzer. Literally the best pitcher on the planet for five straight baseball months. This should... Yeah, this is tough. This one, this last one's tough. It's not as tough as you think. No, I know, but we're we're at the last one, so now you're like thinking hard. All right, it's since 2000, right? I'll even give you since 2015. Beautiful. Oh, Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta. He had like a 0.3 ERA in the second half of the 2016 World Series run. I completely forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. He went like he went like nine and zero with like a 0.3 ERA in that second half. It was ridiculous. And it He's started the next year with the first two months going like four and zero with like a 0.8. It was stupid. What he He's did. also now a competitor with us. Yes, yes, he is. He's also He's, on the podcast now. He's no our enemy. Ads. No free ads. Um. All right. Three more. Three more. Um. What year since 2000 was there not a single no-hitter thrown? All right, we can scratch off 01 and 02 because – You said since 2000? Mm-hmm. 2006. Close. Seven. No, because threw one in 07. 2005. 2005. There were zero no-hitters thrown in 2005. What a crappy year. The White Sox won the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> Against the Astros. Um, who is the only – all right, so now who are the only two players since 2000 to throw two no-hitters in the same year? Now you've already gotten one with Roy we, Halliday. We we I accidentally told you. Yeah, we would have gotten Roy Halliday. That we've been saying his name every single – for every single guest. Correct. So two in the same year. Well, Verlander comes to mind, but I don't think he... He went in like 06, 2011, and 2019, I think it was. Is it Tim Lincecum? No. Crap, you know, he... one. Matt Cain threw two, though, but I don't think he threw them in the same year. I think he also threw them from for separate teams. I could be wrong. Yeah. 
No, maybe. No, I think he might have thrown both of the Giants. I just thought of a random, another random pitcher name. I know it's not the answer, but when you said Carl Bravano, this made me think of another random pitcher name, Barry Zito. Don't know why. I was thinking that too. I think Barry just, Zito just what to, came to my mind when I when you talked about Matt Kane. I was like, I think Barry Zito just played for the Giants right in the A's. Um, yeah, so this is also a very, very well known pitcher. Two in the same year since 2000. Yep. Kershaw, I don't think they're two in the same year. Neither did Randy. I don't think Scherzer threw two in the same year. Yep. Scherzer. Max Scherzer in 2015. Huh. Yep. One of them should have been a perfect game, but um, what he threw a hit by pitch that the batter leaned in on. Oh, uh, against the Pirates. Yep. Um, and then last question here. Who has thrown the most no-hitters since 2000? What, what player? Sorry, what player? Erlander, right? Yep, with three. Yep. All right, I got one for you. Okay. Who is the only pitcher to throw a no-hitter in a World Series game? Solo no-hitter. Solo no-hitter was um, David Cohn. Nope. When did – when did Cone do it? Cone, I believe. I don't think his per- I don't think his perfect game was in the World Series, though. No, it wasn't. Actually, I'll, I'll I'll narrow it down. This was, I believe. Let me check this real quick. I feel like it was a Dodger. I feel like it was Koufax. Koufax or Drysdale? Shoot, let's. Who Don Drysdale? Get... That sounds. It's all right. Wasn't Seaver? I'll, I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it. I'll make it more specific. Who is the only pitcher in Major League Baseball history to throw a perfect game in the World Series? That doesn't help me at all because I would have I would have put perfect game and no hitter probably in the same category. They're they're in the same category here. So he's there, no other pitcher in history has done this. Um, oh, it's a it pitched for the Pirates. Just can't remember his name. No, you're thinking of you Bill Maz- you're thinking of Bill Mazeroski, the only the only walk off home run in yeah. the World Series. Um, perfect game. Was it before two thousand or after two thousand? Prior to two thousand. It's like eighty three. I'll narrow it down. Seventy three. Prior to nineteen sixty. Prior to nineteen sixty, wasn't it? Wasn't Gibson? Dizzy Dean. <laughs> Just thought of that old people names. Well, uh, can boys. <laughs> uh, I really feel like it was a Dodger, though. But I. You're all right. You're warm. You're very. I think it was warm. a Yankee. I really think it was a Yankee. Shelly, that's it. Was definitely a Yankee. Was it the Yankee Dodger World Series that it happened? It no, was. It was 50, yeah. 56. 56. I think it was 54. Um, Why does the name Larson come to mind? Don Larson. Don Larson. Yes. There Don it is. Yeah. Nice. I had, the, I had the World Series in my head. I, I remember watching the game on MLB Network last year, and I just never got the Don Larson. Dang. So I kind of kicked us off with the Don Drysdale because it was still Don. We just had to catch up with the rest of it. <laughs> that was a, yeah, it's the only perfect game thrown in a World Series. Here's a good one for you guys, and then, and then we'll actually get to baseball news for those of you getting bored of trivia, which I don't know how you can ever get bored of trivia. It's so fun, so time-consuming. Um, 
who led the who led Major League Baseball in home runs last year? Uh, Salvi. Yeah. No. Yeah, Salvador yeah. Salvador I really Perez. thought you guys were going to have like four or five names before you got to Salvi. <laughs> yeah, Salvador Perez. I don't know. The media made me believe that Shohei Tani was the only person hey, last year. Look, Shohei would have been my first guest. Yes, trust me. I was going to go right. Shohei to Salvi. And if I was wrong with Salvi, it was going to be Vladdy Jr. I had the, the gears were spinning. Yeah. Yeah. I was right, like, and I did okay there. We did all right. Hey, I did good. I did good. All right, let's get into it. Uh, so today for the episode, uh, we're going to talk a little Angels Mariners brawl, the uh, the fight night in Anaheim. Uh, and then we're uh, there's a trade in baseball, the first trade of the midseason. Uh, and then a pitching coach uh, from Major League team steps down to college in the same position. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, and then we'll talk about the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes and how that's actually heated up somehow uh, <laughs> since we last talked. Uh, Rob Manfred came out, talked about expanding baseball. So we'll talk about that. Uh, and we'll talk about, we'll cut out the Astros no hitter because there's just no point talking about that anymore. Um, and then maybe finish with some, some other stuff. So but, we'll say, but, but wait, but wait, before we get there, did you guys see the Josh, the uh, Chris Rose interview with Josh Tomlin? Yes. That was yeah about Tommy Pham and Jack Peterson. I yes. did not. Apparently, yeah. it was like well known around the league <laughs> that like Tommy Pham wanted to like to like beat up Jack Peterson, and he just so, thought that if he ignored it, it yeah. would go away. So he stayed in. They said that when they played them in, because um, Jock was with the Braves last year around this time, and Tommy was in San Diego. They said that Jock stayed in the clubhouse for three days. Like just hit, the, just hit, hit, hit in the cage. Yeah, he would hit in the cage. He wouldn't go out and take like BP on the field. He would just hit in the cage, and then as soon as the game was over, it was like he would wait or and or change and hurry up and get out of there to avoid Tommy Pham thinking that he would just forget about it. So this year, when he's seen him on the field, which is also part of the slap. That's a wild. I forgot Josh. Tom they were making fun of Jack Peterson, and like he didn't even do anything back. Yeah. <laughs> Baseball just finds new ways to make me just go, what the fuck? Every single week, man. Like well, that is I, a great one. Honestly, fantasy, 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 fantasy. It just football. proves that they're like us. Like that's honestly like something that like like you and your buddies would probably do if like one of you guys like screwed somebody over on the waiver wire. Or, like I, I think I mean, it was something dumb too. Like he like put somebody on the injured reserve to pick somebody up. Like it was so, yeah. so stupid. And this guy held on to it for a whole year. <laughs> Uh, and they're just like us. and still and still smacked him. I respect so, yeah, it. But no, Tommy okay. Fam, you know what? Tommy Pham is a man of values. If, if <laughs> you, you hold a grudge like for that, that long. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you got to believe in something. Yeah. Fantasy football. <laughs> no, no. Baseball is finding new ways. I mean, it's like this has been the year of the players weird the headlines, man. It's like Tommy Pham slaps Jack Peterson like Chris Rock style. Like or I guess probably Will saw that. On that, that I mean, everybody saw it and was like, yeah. you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to premeditate, like premeditated and everything. Just walk out. A guy hid in the clubhouse for three days. I mean, a pitching coach decides to leave the highest level of baseball you can possibly get to and go to a amateur level of baseball. The team that I believe is, uh, oh, yeah, they're in first place, but we'll get to that. Baseball is finding new ways to just 
make my brain hurt. This one's brain this is just funny. Like, like this whole situation was funny to begin with, and it's just the whole the whole background behind it makes it even better. Like that. Uh-huh. They need and to even, get them even the up. Freddie Freeman stuff. My brain is hurting at this point. Although Tommy Pham's like a guy that I don't think I would want to have pissed off at me. Yeah, but I'd rather have Jock Peterson on my side. He seems a lot more like a I will fuck you up kind of guy. No, yeah, not after you in the clubhouse for three days. Are you kidding? Nah. Well, yeah, yeah. If he I was mean, about it, he would have gone out there. I, mean, and, and I wouldn't necessarily like, want to get slapped in public either. <laughs> yeah, but you also have ways. Uh, not what? He didn't that. do anything wrong. <laughs> Uh, apparently he did. Okay. okay, like if I did that in fantasy, no, not a single person would say a word. That's because we're not in the league with Tommy Fan with the money. That... Yeah, no, I think they had a lot of money on the line. Oh, yeah. Still, if they're downgraded as if they're eligible for the IR, or if they're eligible for the yeah, if they're eligible for the IR, why not put them on there? It's what the app condones. I mean, I mean, but if not, if not, if that violates team. The, the league rules. All right, all right. This this headline is gone. Let's get into more recent headlines. I think people are tired of us talking Speaking about of fights. Everything <laughs> under the sun. Oh my god, yeah. Speaking of fights. Yeah, this was this was just the This was up. unbelievable. All right, so here let, let me set the scene. Let me set the scene here. So the night well, let's put it this way. Who's Mike the night Trout has been, Mike Mike Trout has been um, like Jesus Christ to the Seattle Mariners for the last 10 years or so. Like if you took all of his games against the Seattle Mariners, it's about a full season over his career. It's about a full season and they're like Hall of Fame numbers. What? Well, no, that he wouldn't be Jesus Christ because he right. would be like, he would actually be like the Antichrist. Yeah. In the scenario. But no, like, like he is like, like, Top he, of the top. Having a Hall of Fame career against Cream the of the crop. Yeah. Um, we, we either way, you. so we he hit four game-winning home runs in one series, which I don't think has ever been done before, um, against the Mariners. I mean, and, this is the status quo for Mike Trout. This is yes. normal stuff for him. So, in response, I think. If anything, um, I'd be more worried if he didn't hit the most game-winning home runs in a single series of all time. I would be, I'd be concerned. Is Mike Trout on the decline? Maybe. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, either way, so the game, I guess it was Saturday night. Um, the Mariners threw one kind of up and into Mike Trout. He didn't like it. He took it as offensive. Like, hey, if you, I think his exact quote was, if you can't throw inside, don't. Um, because, I mean, he doesn't want one around that. He said, I think he said, if you're going to hit me or if you're going to throw at me, throw at my ribs, not my face. That's fair. So That's I understand that. And I'd probably rather get hit in the butt or the back than anything. I probably wouldn't go for the ribs either. Like, that wouldn't be fun. No, that's, um, that's for Trout. That's 15 days on the IL. But, like, he didn't do anything to warrant it. So that's where I'm like, I don't know if it was intentional. I think you're just trying to back him off the plate a little bit. Maybe get him a little uncomfortable since he's literally baseball god against the Mariners. Like, I think they're just trying to back him off the plate. But he didn't like it either way. And that's a guy with history of injuries. And so I, I get it. I get it. So the ensuing day, uh, Phil Nevin, old Yankees third base coach, who has he had, he had his own problems as a third base coach of the Yankees. Um, he starts an opener, which he doesn't do really at all, or well, the Angels themselves don't do it at, really at all. Um, and he threw at Julio Rodriguez and Jesse Winker. 
Now, Julio Rodriguez didn't like it, but he's a rookie. You can't really do anything about that. But Jesse Winker, on the other hand, that's a big dude. So they threw a Jesse Winker, and the fight night ensued. And the, I mean, literally brawl. I mean, like, guys are just throwing punches. Anthony Rendon's out there with a cast on his right hand, throwing hooks with his left hand. Um, Shohei Otani's in there trying to hold someone back while Ipe is also trying to hold Shohei back, which is the most funny thing ever if you just, like, think about it. It's like Shohei's the nicest dude ever. Like, what do you think he does in a fight? And also, like, if if Shohei is actually mad in a fight, how do you think that, that like, comes out? Does Ipe have to translate everything that he says to other people in a fight? Uh, I think I think FU is pretty universal. <laughs> I think so, I think too. it's pretty but universal. Like, could you imagine if Shohei is just, like, speaking Japanese, just, like, cussing you out in Japanese, and Ipe is just, like, he's not very happy with you right now. <laughs> like, like, how do you translate in a fight like that like do you have to stop and be like hold up i gotta translate this one second um yeah f you f this <laughs> f your mom like all this stuff and show just like can i start punching this guy again like i that would be the funniest thing ever if shohei actually got in a fight but no shohei's too nice and he started to hold guys back instead of actually engaging in the fight no, uh, but mike trout was mike trout was right in there though yeah dude trout's from jersey man he definitely knows how to fight he's from south jersey let's calm down a little bit it don't matter. It's closer to Philly. Philly guys know how to fight. Fair enough. Well, they um, don't really know how to fight. They just don't know how to stop fighting when they start. Yeah. But either way. Um, the coolest part was, of the fight, though, is it was all in the 4K camera uh, version of it. it. was It was hysterical. <laughs> and then the slap heard, the slap heard around the world from Anthony Rendon. This guy, <laughs> the cast I mean, JP Crawford's in there like throwing forearms at people like it was everything man and then the best part of the entire fight was actually afterwards after everything ensued and Rysel Iglesias takes the bucket of seeds and just and goes out on the field and just throws them out onto the field I don't know what the point of it was I I mean I've it got was nothing just, on that, but I, I mean, just the slow-mo, the, the person, the camera person there. It was the slow-mo right 4K video of it was just made it so funny. It, it was like a, like a middle school fight filmed with a professional camera. It's the best way to describe that thing. Look, the, the Angels and Mariners needed something to get each other going. Like, like both teams are struggling so bad and they just needed to just hash it out with each other. <laughs> whoever loses the fight is is going to be last place in the uh in the division oh man but yeah so um and from well, my actually, only takeaway from this is that the mariners well, oakland, are angry I forgot oakland are still technically in, in major league baseball what I, I forgot the oakland athletics are technically a major yeah. league baseball team yeah they are technically they are not but not really they, um you know, they show up they, they, they punch the clock Either way, my my take on this is that the Mariners are angry that Mike Trout owns them. My take on on this also is that there's that that girl that went to go watch Joey Votto play. She's like eight years old. Went to go went all the way out to Seattle to go watch Jesse Winker play and watch him get tossed in the first inning. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal. <laughs> so if this girl shows up to a game, something electric is going to happen. But her favorite player is going to get tossed. <laughs> it's yeah. just. It's, did you also see the uh, the girl DoorDash Jesse Winker pizza during the game? Yes, that was and hilarious. Like, and like she gave updates throughout it. Jesse Winker got the pizza, and like the the, the DoorDash driver 
like his life like changed like they he got like thousands of dollars in tips from that yeah like just from people on social media like saying hey what's his venmo or like what's his like like what's his venmo cash app paypal whatever like can we help tip and tip him for this and the dude got like thousands of dollars in tips just for delivering a pizza to the clubhouse and the best part was like like in the one of the text messages he said it was tough to get there because it was kind of busy like obviously it was kind of busy there was a game going on <laughs> that's beautiful then jesse winker uh ended up thanking her for the pizza which was cool like it was a cool moment um but Jesse also walked off the field flipping off the crowd, which was a big Tim Anderson moment there. No, uh, I respect that. He took a page out of Kenny Powers' book. He did. He, did. he said that's the only thing he regrets out of that was flipping yeah. off the crowd. I, I was surprised that it was actually, like, a fight. That was, a, that was a true, like, true fight. Yeah. Usually Most those are just a bunch just... of, like, pushing pushing people around like yeah. honestly waiting for someone to get in the middle and break it up like those dudes were ready to swing they must there must have been something going down in the tunnel before the game happened. unless your name is stubby clap where you're ready to tackle the koala bear um stubby great baseball name, uh, baseball name. <laughs> but no like it so on the downside though it, <laughs> I really can't say who won the fight per se, but the fans won the fight because the 4K true. video is just, I mean, that they should put that on a loop in the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Or but uh, the uh, Louvre with Netflix. I think the Mariners won the fight solely because the Angels lost all of their sunflower seeds. Fair. And they lost Archie Bradley, which, I mean, I was going to get to that next, but yes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for me to get to that? <laughs> Oh, my bad, yeah. All right. Um, lead a little bit, huh? <laughs> and ensuing from the fight, Archie Bradley fractures his elbow and is now out for two that's months. How you know, that's how you know you're too old to be fighting. When you As get, if when you... things could not get worse. For that's how you know Angels. you lost the fight. Yeah, the Angels definitely lost the fight. Yeah, you, you lose one of your best bullpen arms. Yeah. I think Mike Trout's just absolutely fed up with the Angels. I, I, mean, I truly think he is so mad right now. No like, did you see him out in center field like evil. telling? Did you see him out in center field like telling the pitcher that he was like tipping pitches? And like he he just looked so mad. Like he was out in center field like ex, like explaining why the pitcher was tipping his pitches. And like he just like looks off and he's just like, it's just so dumb. Like he he, just, he looked so frustrated. I feel like in in regards to Trout recognizing a guy tips and pitches i don't think people see the game the same way he does but yeah it's probably time to start the free mike trout uh campaign yep i'd say start the uh good old trade room is there i mean i wouldn't mind trading my entire franchise's future to uh you know i mean i would i personally i don't i mean i would love to have him patrolling the outfield at Fenway, but I mean, got Jackie Bradley Jr., Alex Verdugo, and Oswald Peraza for Mike Trout to the Yankees. Wait, say, say that again. Jason Dominguez and Oswald Peraza to the Angels for Mike Trout from the Yankees. Dude, if they hit no, 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 no. that's turning off. The, that's turning off trade. Uh, yeah, that's cheating. If you trade, no. Yeah, but the guy's nickname is the Martian. Yeah, but he's also like that's got to be worth at least another no, no, like big, couple big first round picks. You'd have to you'd have to move like 
if you traded Aaron Judge. No. no baseball is one of those sports where you can make a trade and it's like you don't have to get. You know who's going to trade for him? The Detroit Philly. Tigers. No, Philly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dave Dombrowski. But baseball is one of those sports where, like, you can make a trade and you really don't have to get equal value back because you're basing everything off of projections. Yes. Like yeah. with prospects. So you're not going to get equal value. It's just how many prospects do you want to give? How many prospects in your top 10 do you want to give up for trout? Like, are you looking at four to five or, you know? Philly could, I think Philly legitimately could do that. They would just have to trade. Bryson Stotts going. I mean, Mickey Moniak, I think, is still in the organization. He yeah. was one pick. I mean, you probably think Ranger Suarez is probably gone, being young and a good starting pitcher. Um, probably have to throw in. Probably think that maybe Reese Hoskins will be gone. Nick Castellanos, steep to left, will probably have to go as well. Well, no, because he would just become the DH now that he doesn't have to play the field. Yeah, but like, the I don't Angels, think I, I truly Angels don't think they would get rid of him if so. Like, I think it would be Alec Bohm, like Bryson Stott, Ranger Suarez. Um. Probably JT Real Muto, Bryce Harper. Pretty much just everybody would be gone. But you got really good pit. They have a really good pitcher too. I can't remember his name. I think well, I know a young guy they got coming up. His name is Mick Abel. Yes, yes. That's what I was thinking of. Yes. Um, They'd also probably mm-hmm. trade uh Cliff Lee's rights. I think they're still in control of those They would they would take Bobby Bonilla's rights from the Mets and trade them, trade his rights to what is the by Mets- the way, tomorrow is Bobby or today is Bobby Bonilla Day. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day, everybody. Why haven't the Mets... 1.19 million going to Bobby Bonilla today. What if, as a joke, the Mets traded Bobby Bonilla, like the money that they have to pay Bobby Bonilla to somebody? (laughs) Could you imagine trading that contract? If I'm I'm, uh, Mr. Cohen, I'm definitely getting on the phone in the first, like, like, during the trade deadline period. I'm going to be, all right, I'm going to trade you this prospect as well with, uh, you know... Bobby Benia is $1 million, so you have to pay him once a year, every year for the next 30 years. My question is, would that actually be tradable? Don't know. They could hide it it under the guise of cash considerations. Yeah, I think so, right? I don't think it is tradable. You just pay the Mets $1.9 million. It's definitely not tradable because it's money that the the, the organization owes him. That's until 2035, man. We still have 13 more years of that shit. And guess what? Every year it's going to be the same effect as it was the year prior. Just absurd. Low Mets, baby. Just and the best absurd. part is, most of that money was paid with Bernie Madoff money, too. Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> oh, man. If you pull back oh. the curtains of the New York Mets, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible place to be. Yeah. It's a good thing. All right. They're not. Uh, the, the, yeah. The They're Wilpons, almost back. They're almost back. The Wilpons did not deserve to own a big league baseball team. No, plain and simple. No. Let's get to more. Let's get to more. Here we go. Carlos Santana got traded from the Royals to the Mariners uh, in exchange for reliever Wyatt Mills and starter William Fleming. They will both start in high A, I believe. Wait, there's a guy named William Fleming? Yes. (laughs) The high school. (laughs) It's a high school down here this year. I did not know that. I was was very lost there for a minute. Two free wins a year. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> uh, absolute free wins. Like they were the type of team where 
You bring up the JV game to play them. Oh, as a as like as a hitter, you start asking your coach if you can bat left-handed, or if you're left, you like, hey, can I bat righty? Oh, they were, those are those gotta, like Tuesday nights that you just like despise. Quick rabbit hole here. In my my JV baseball days. We uh we played William Fleming because they were in our district, and this is mind you, this is JV ball. This is a bunch of ninth graders playing. They had a kid playing like I think he was playing like second base or or one of the infield spots. Coach for their team calls time, and they bring the whole team together, and this kid just bolts off the field, like leaves the whole – like leaves the game. Like we're in the middle of a game. And one of our guys gets to first base and asks, like, hey, why did he leave? He's like, oh, his kid's being born. Kid was a freshman in high school. That was a that was like a big like, whoa, where, where am I right now? It was it – was, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, yeah. Wow. I uh, didn't see that coming. I didn't know what the term was going to be, but I didn't see that. Yeah, coming. no, kid kid was balling out. Like, well, I think he was having a pretty good game, too. I mean, we were beating him by, like, 30, but. Well, Shelly, thank you for um, now associating Carlos Santana with a kid having a kid, a baby as a freshman <laughs> in high school. Shout out to I William. I will never Fleming. be able to look at Carlos Santana the same. No, you'll never be able to look at William Fleming again the yeah. same way. If that guy ever makes it to the bigs, I'm I hope he does, though. It'd be big for William Fleming. Big, yep. Big for the brand. <laughs> big for the brand. And I hope he becomes like a Hall of Fame pitcher. That way the high school gets a little publicity, too. That'd be cool. It, they have, they have, baseball is not their strong suit there. They have other good sports, though. Baseball is definitely not a strong suit, William Fleming, though. Yeah. Um, I yeah, Trader J, you know, just getting the show started early. They're only five and a um, half games out of the, uh, out of the wild card spot yeah. right now, so like I mean, I can I can I can see why bringing on a Carlos Santana would be like a like a like an option, but because uh, yeah. Carlos Santana though, like, I think that I mean, granted, yes, Ty France has played really really well for them, but I think that they still have to be very disappointed in uh, Evan White. And literally everyone else on the roster. Yeah, but you can okay. So Mike, if you they blink, stink with a capital stink. But you can see some. some Mike is a, of hope day. Mike is Mike is 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 justifying the Mariners no, right no, now because this because is his, you, this is his dark horse World Series team. No, Mike, not, not World Series. Mike playoffs. They're only four games ahead of the Tigers right now. Well. Can we talk about that for a second? Who would have thought that heading into the year? And guess what? Guess who has a better record? Oh, actually, not anymore. Guess who's only one game behind the Mariners who had a better record a couple days ago? The Baltimore Orioles. Still, still a lot of the ALBs. Still a lot of ball left. Don't let the Orange Birds get hot. They're still in last place last time I checked. Still seven games under 500. But they are in the best division in all of baseball. They are. Yeah, it's fun to say that again. Okay, yeah. So, congrats to the Mariners for making a trade. Jerry Depoto at its finest, making trades way before. ECU baseball alum Jerry Depoto, yep. might I add? Yeah, Kelly uh, can be excited about that now. Now that he's a BCU baseball player, I, I will just go ahead and go on a limb and say it. Um, Carlos Santana will be traded again at the trade deadline, <laughs> probably, like, and probably like three more times back to the Jerry right. Depoto and it's, be a revolving door. It's weird that he's become a journeyman with all the hype he had coming up. With with the team formerly known as the 
Cleveland Indians, now Guardians. Yeah. Like, it was, it's crazy. It's crazy. How, what, what did they go? He went Guardians, the Phillies, the Royals, not a Mariners, I think. No, he had another stint with the Indians. Stopping somewhere in there. I don't yeah. remember. Um, either way, let's move on to uh, the division rival of both of those teams that we just mentioned. Uh, this is a just absurd circumstance. Twins pitching coach Wes Johnson leaves the first place Minnesota Twins for the LSU Tigers of college baseball in the same position, pitching coach to pitching coach. Now, given we have found out that it was it's double the pay at LSU than it was for the Minnesota Twins, which is baffling to me. I did not think it was going to be that much difference there. I thought I kind of figured it had to be more pay, but I did not think it would be that much more. However, it probably had to be that much more in order to to make a move like that mid-season. I mean, is he from down there or something? It's from Arkansas. Okay, that makes a little more sense now. It's from Arkansas. I, I, I'm just – look, I'm not trying to wrap my head around him leaving in general. I'm trying to wrap my head around him leaving mid-season while your team's in the first place. Yeah, I don't – like, that's where I'm trying to wrap my head around. It doesn't make any sense. This is – I mean, even Jeff Passon said on Twitter, he's like, this is something that he doesn't think he's ever seen before. Brian, let's get back. So – is from Arkansas. He gets double the pay. So I'm doing some background research into him. He he was Did you ever coached there before or anything? No, 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 no. But he literally was only a college coach before he got the job in 2018 with the twins. So he's been the pit, twins pitching coach since 2019. But my guess is he just wanted to be a college coach. Like I think it, I think the he, he just got his his cup of tea in the bigs, and it was just it probably just wasn't hit for him. And then obviously double the double the salary will make anybody go anywhere. And now give, the, the if whole, you look at the Twins pitching numbers over the course of his time there. It's not pretty. No, because he he's probably trying to coach them like college kids, and it's just not working. And this year the offense is carrying them enough to be winning a terrible division. So uh, there may have been something behind the scenes as well that may have been like, like there may have been like a meeting in May or something where they're like, yeah, you got to step up your your stuff or or things might have to change around here. I mean, I don't know if that meeting ever happens in the beginning of the season, but um, just leaving mid season is just so baffling to me. Yeah, it's definitely not a good look, and it's definitely not a good look to go backwards in your career, but. I think this guy just wants to be in college. And some guys are just like that, you know? Like, that's- and I'll, I can see a reason as to why you do it midseason. One is because now you get a fresh start. The college baseball season just ended. You have to get this start on, you know, whether it's recruiting, offseason training, all of those things to get ready for this upcoming season, you know, that you're getting ready to go into a fall ball and all that other stuff. Yeah. But I mean, he's already kind of late to the game for right, for a and it's not—it's not crazy to think, at least for me, that—and I don't—I don't know the guy, but let's say if he's somebody of um, 
high moral standards and, and faith, you know, in some ways that maybe the pro clubhouse and pro lifestyle just isn't conducive for what he wants. Right. Like, so I, I think that is, it can be deeper than money. Yes. The money talks or it looks a certain way, but when you are around something for so long or you get a taste of it and you're like, man, I just don't know. Right. Like at least with a college with in a college atmosphere, because of there's so much more respect or reverence towards your coaches in some ways, you're like, granted, yes, we didn't play major league ball, but you can imagine that in some ways they look at them more as peers than they yeah. do as far as someone that is supposed to be in charge of everything. Right. So if it's something going on in the clubhouse, maybe it's stuff that's on the road that you don't like, and it doesn't fit well with your lifestyle of what you feel may be the best for you maybe college is that avenue for him where he can still be comfortable and do something that he loves to do. He, so also, he also gets to basically handpick his own players. Yes. He doesn't have that. Yeah. That's the, I think that's part of the appeal. Yeah. Like you, you, you do, you do get to develop a relationship with a kid. You get to, you get to, you know, instill your philosophies on him as a pitcher. Like, the, like level you can't, develop relationships because they just get traded away or they just don't or they sign somewhere else or they just don't want to have any any part like they don't want to have anything to do with you you're just 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 there because of you yeah you're just a dude to them showing them scouting reports and watching their bullpens yeah like i don't even think after the mound and piss them off every once in a while big league pitching coach i don't even think they call games no at least i don't i don't think he did i mean they probably go over it with a catcher beforehand but a lot of the times, I think it's the pitcher that that dictates it, depending on who it is, obviously. Yeah. But like, personally, I wouldn't less. have done it. Although, if it, I got tossed seven hundred thousand dollars to my three hundred fifty thousand dollars, I would have to probably say yes. But I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe him and the uh, maybe him and the uh, LSU coach are like, you know. Homies are, I mean, they're both last, their last days are both Johnson. Maybe they're brothers. I don't know. It's, it's money. Yeah, hundred percent. At the end of the day, you're getting paid double. Yeah, we, I, we don't I, need I, a, I would, look, I'd go from, I mean, I'd go from a pitching coach to a freaking janitor for double the money. Yeah. I mean, money at talk. That, at that point, so like double the money of what I'm making right now. I mean, it's not necessarily life-changing, but say you go from half a mil to a mil. Plus, probably an opportunity to make even more money down the road. I, he's, I mean, if he does well, his, probably, his next step would be college head coach. I yes, I, I think money does play a big part in it. Obviously, like to to take that double, but I think that I okay, and not to go way off the beating path. But in that case, imagine being in that scenario where they approach you about it and then you say something flippant like, oh, you got to double it, right? In order for me to consider it. Not saying that he doesn't want it, but they're like, oh, you got to double it. But then they actually double it and you're like, oh, shoot. Like now, I, you know, you feel in a sense like you have to kind of go with that, you know, so it could have been a lateral you know, position move, quote unquote, even if it's going from major league to uh, to college it's just that it's so unprecedented like especially in the middle of the season for it to happen but like oh you got to double up for me to even think about that but then it happens and you start weighing out the pros and cons you're like okay yeah I don't have to travel as much 
our travel is more regional, except for when it gets to, I guess, a few non-conference games. But for the most part, I'm in this particular region. Maybe he has younger kids or older kids now that, you know, starting to play, give him a chance to be closer. Um, so I, I don't I don't know. I think that it's deeper than money. But yes, obviously, the money played a huge part in it. In it. But I will be interested. Like, I'm going to kind of look at it and see what else I can find out. Because I think that it's an interesting story for sure. Some dudes just want to, like, some dudes just want to be college baseball coaches, I guess. Yeah. But, and, I mean, especially the new age of college sports, like in the NIL world now, boosters are allowed to spend their money a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of millionaires and billionaires who are helping out the big schools, and they can afford to pay an assistant coach $700,000. Yeah, because I think like some of it is on LSU's books, and then a lot of it's coming from donors. Like, but I, I don't. Again, I don't. I don't know the details. I'm just going off of what I my brief internet search of this guy. Again, personally, I don't know why he did it outside of money, but that's what we're going off of. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to these. Um, this one. Oh my goodness! Oh. This is a joke. Um, let's get to the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes. So obviously we've all heard about the Freddie Freeman stuff. We'll talk about what has happened recently. So obviously last weekend, which is more recent than our last episode. So we haven't talked about this past weekend in Atlanta. He got a standing ovation, got his ring, everything Had an emotional press conference beforehand. Um, but then kind of all hell broke loose. Um, Freddie Freeman <laughs> has started to kind of flip his switch a little bit to where it seems like he wants to go back to it. He like well, he wants to be back in Atlanta. He he still wants to be there, and then fires Casey Close, his agent, in response to another um, story that came out that Close hid the did not tell Freddie Freeman the final offer from the Braves thinking that Freddie would want to take it to stay okay. in Atlanta for rather less than money. make more money in, a, in L.A. This happens all the time, though. It does. However, I, hmm. it, my it, hot take I, here, this was a big old show put on by Freddie it Freeman. Is, is. This was a big old act that he just wanted to make. The, like he, he was so worried that the fans of Atlanta would boo him that he had to put on this whole, whole charade where he was like, I don't want to leave, I don't want to leave. You know, boo-hoo, you're getting paid a lot of money to play on the best baseball team ever assembled. Yeah. Outside of this, the team in, in New York that isn't the Mets because they don't like to lose games. But that's that, – that, I digress. This guy, I am sick and tired of seeing the babies in the dugout crying like a little baby. It's, it's, it's all an act. Like, yeah, all right, I get it, you know. To use a classic example of, of Mike's here, it's like when you see your ex-girlfriend after a long time, you know? Like, it's going to bring up some feelings. But, like, come on, dude. Move yeah. on. Yeah, Move on. I, I think that he's – I think that he realizes – and, like, I'm not saying it's an egocentric thing, but I think that he realizes that the love in L.A. is different than the love for him in Atlanta. And I think he misses that. 
Everyone loves and everyone in Atlanta. It's the South. It's Southeast. Right. But I think that he misses that. And yes, I also think that part of it would have been, hey, let's finish my career with this one franchise, franchise icon, so on and so forth. I think I would be a little bit pissed too. Um, you know, if my man or if my agent whom I've trusted, you know, for all of this time, you know, did something shady like that. Um, granted, yes, I'm still tired of hearing about it. At this point, if I'm the Dodgers, I just like call up the Braves, like, hey, uh, let's swap Matt Olson for for Freddie Freeman, and let's just call it even. I have a like, genuine curious uh, question for you guys. Yeah, but yeah, like me I said, and, that, wait, me and my right. dad had this conversation last night. Right now, would you trade them straight up if you were the Dodgers? Or hmm, let me just. Who would you rather have right now? Matt Olson is the MLB leader in doubles, by the way. Has more home runs than Freddie Freeman. Freeman leads RBIs by, I think, two or three and leads batting average by about 40 points. Uh, in that situation, if I'm the Dodgers, I want Olson. Yeah, okay, because he's not going to be sitting in the dugout crying about a team that he used to play for. That's a that's um, okay. key, a bad teammate it, move. If, if you're talking purely on field, you know, yes, you throw out numbers. I don't think you can go wrong with either one. No, but also, it, yeah, no. when you look at everything else that impacts, I think that you go – if I'm the Dodgers, I'm like, hey, I'm calling Atlanta. Hey, do y'all – do you want to make this trade, right? Like, I will even throw in a prospect, you know, for you, you know, to, to take him back because I don't want anyone there that doesn't want to be there at that level. Right. Like, I agree with that take, you know, if you, if you're that concerned with how things went there, you know, not once have you said, Hey, like, you know, I don't want to talk about it. Or I'm with the Dodgers, everything, you know, every time somebody's asked you about it, it is evoked so much for you that it's sort of like, you're that kid that, went away and it was like got homesick and you're like no mommy I want I want to come back I want to come back you know but it's sort of like Freddie is in that position like he he realized that it wasn't as green over there you know and being in a clubhouse with those guys you know it could be a little bit different for him I do think I I think it's an ego trip man I think I I I think we've associated Freddie Freeman being this you know nice guy I think he just likes his ego tickled a little bit he likes being the man. He likes being the, the top dog. And now you go to L.A., you are not the top dog. You go back to Atlanta, you're the top dog. He misses that. And, I, and don't blame him. Like, if, if you have that for your entire career, it's hard to turn that away. Yeah. But at the same time, well, like, you're also trying to, you know, you got to look out for number one. And number one is his family. He's getting more money. Like, obviously, it's but okay. Not- but is like, in theory, yes, it's more money. But taxes out there, higher. So it's probably really about the same as what, let's say that last deal was comparable to, you know, what he got, you know, tax wise, it could be about, you know, he could be making essentially the same as he would if he would say in Atlanta. Um, But he also, he also did what he, like the ultimate thing that he wanted to do in Atlanta. And that was win a title on a team that like he devoted his pretty much his prime, like most of the prime of his career to like, he did what he wanted to do. When he first got there, he, he's done. Now well, and you go chase rings. You go no chase one, I don't think anyone, but no one but Braves fans can really blame him for taking more money. 
because like you just said, he's done, I mean, he's done what as much as a hitter can do in his career. And that's when an MVP and win a world series. Now it's time to go make your money, go make your money, go retire, have a nice life. Go win a couple However, of series. You will out there. It's, and you'll it will at least be in the mix. It's it's the way that it's all going down is what's not sitting well with half of baseball fans right now. Yeah, because he's being a little baby about it. That's what I'm saying. It's like I, I love Freddie Freeman. I, I well, I loved him on Atlanta. Let's put it that way. Um, and I, I really, I mean, loved watching him play because I mean, like like we've discussed in the past, my family's Braves fans, so it like I've watched him a lot of times. Ever since all of this went down, it just seems like it's just one big show. Yes, I want to. I want to. I want to throw some something out here. When Albert Pujols left, in a very similar situation, may I add, to Freddie Freeman, when he left, did I mean? Obviously, I don't think they played in the same year, so that's tough to compare it on that level. But when he came back to St. Louis. He was very, you know, I would say classy about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, came that's out. That's the cat. Rules for you. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, there was also like a, I think the Angels played the Cardinals like maybe once or twice during that period, but he was also injured during those times. And it was 10 years before he had actually came back to St. Louis. And that was last year, which started the possibility for him to even come back now. Um, and, it, it, and it worked out that way because the contract expired, right? Or right. Like he got, he got released. It went down. Yeah. He, he was done. But and he I, had one more year left. The funny thing is that when you mentioned Pujols, because that's actually where I was about to go, not comparing like character and morals and all that stuff. But I wonder, and this is slightly chuckle worthy to me. I wonder if Freddie Freeman thinks that he's like going to face like what Pujols faced where he had like these great years in Atlanta. And then it's like, Oh shoot, I'm in LA. Uh, what if I have this downturn? What if my legacy in a sense gets torn? I think that that's part of his thought. And he was like, well, maybe if I stay in Atlanta, they're still going to love me either way. They're not going to look at me any different. You know, it all comes back to the ego. I think he just likes to get his ego tickled yeah. and that's fine. Like I got, no, I got no issues with that. Just be like, in a sense though, I do think, he probably. I think, I, I think he would have stayed in Atlanta. A hundred percent. Yeah. But at the same time, and then that's kind of messed up on the on the uh, agent for not consulting I, the I, client. I, but yeah, because the, the the grimy part about that is that yes, Freeman gets a bigger contract, but the agent also gets a bigger cut. So it's like, hey, mm-hmm. no, I don't want you to take this deal because now I lose. 10 to 15 million off of your deal. I'm also going to put on, on the 10 foil cap here for a little bit. It's a, in the grand scheme of things, we're coming off of a lockout where, and, and the players in years past who have fought for this. If you start taking pay cuts as a star player, as a star player, you start taking some pay cuts. You're going to set a bad precedent for other guys in the future. And we're all about the players getting theirs. Like we love that. And if Freddie Freeman starts doing this, other owners are going to be like, "Well, Freddie Freeman took a pay cut to stay home. Why won't you?" But I think where it could be different though in that situation is 
the magnitude of him being the star that he was in Atlanta. And as Brian said, he accomplished everything as a hitter that you could, right? Like the MVP, the World Series, like he got all of that. But it also would set a precedent for owners to pay their homegrown players more. So it, it's I'd sort of like if, if, if he was able to get a deal yeah. similar to what he got, if not right. like the it, honestly, if it was the exact same, he's staying. Right. And it's sort of like it's sort of like um, and I'll make this real quick comparison. Um, it's sort of like basketball. Right. Where you can sign a max deal. Yes. Basketball has a salary cap, all that good stuff. Right. But once you've played a certain amount of years for a team, they're the only ones that can offer you an additional year at that max level. Right. So even with NBA free agency starting tonight, there are certain guys that because they've been with that team for a certain amount of years, they got drafted by him and they've stayed with that team. They can get a five year max at, let's say, 250 million. But another team can only give them a four-year deal at 200, just roughly throwing out numbers. So that's another year guaranteed, and it's, you know, 50 more million than anybody else can offer you. So it's sort of like, you know, if he were to stay, even if he took a slight pay cut, what that would also entice other people to do is say, hey, yes, Freddie stayed, I want to stay, but you have to pay me more, and you're the only team that can pay me more, then I, I think that it would, you know, work that way too. Yeah. You just didn't need to make a whole big scene out of it. Make no. the whole I mean it was already the whole week it was already gonna be about him being back. He didn't need to I mean again, I it's dragging tough because I'm never probably ever gonna be in a situation where you know the job that I'm working at, you know, I'm gonna have to go back and I'd be like, Oh man, I really want to come back here because I loved it so much. Yeah. You know. Back to the conversation about Wes Johnson, man. Money talks. You got to yeah. pay bills. But yeah. it was just annoying. Like, after, like, I get it. The first pressure back, yeah, let, let, let the emotions fly. But once the game starts, man, you got to lock in. Like, you can't be sitting on the bench, moping, complaining, crying, being a little baby. Yeah. Roll off. You know? All right. Last order of business here. Rob Manfred came out today and said that he would like to get to 32 teams. Now that is two extra teams in baseball that we do not have right now. So my question for the two of you is where would you like to see two expansion teams? I've thought about this one long and hard. Richmond, Virginia. Backup plan. Lynchburg, Virginia. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Virginia Beach is an enticing one, though. All seriousness. Like, they have the population. It's it's proven to be a pretty good area for baseball. A, talent-wise, with the Tides, they get a pretty good attendance. The only issue would be, is it too close to D.C., where it would be in that, in the, uh, whatever, professional sports teams have, like, the, in their zone, their territory. Yeah. Um, Portland, Virginia, Oregon Virginia is another Beach one. Is the most populated city, I, I, I think it still is, is the most populated city that does not have a professional sports team. That is correct. Yeah. Portland, Oregon would also be an intriguing one as well. Yes. They have, uh, they have been known to have uh, a pretty good fan base in the area who enjoy baseball. If you haven't watched the uh, – Battered Bastards of Baseball documentary on Netflix. I highly recommend. That is a great watch. 
probably watched it 10 times. It is a fantastic one. So I'll, I'll make my two suggestions relatively quick. Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina would be one. Yeah, that would be a really, really good one. And then uh, for the West, I'm going to go with um, like Vegas is so easy. Vegas is so easy to pick. I feel like baseball wouldn't wouldn't have the same pop as like a football or basketball team out there, even hockey. So I feel like it just like it's it's not it doesn't fit the area the same. No. Um, I'm definitely sticking with um, with Charlotte. The other one I would probably say, yeah, probably Portland. My two Nashville's so, another one that could be a sneaky good one. Nashville is another one. Um, my two, uh, one would be Indianapolis. Ooh, yeah. Um, and another one would be Salt Lake City. Yeah, Utah popped in my head. I, yeah, this. Uh, so I heard recently the Salt Lake Bees are a must-go if you are a baseball fan traveling out there. Um, apparently, it is a really, really good time at that ballpark. And so maybe the fans out there like baseball, so why not move a team there? Um, not to be, again, another biased city, but Charleston, South Carolina would not be a bad spot either. We just need another team in the, like the mid-southeast. Yeah, so like, like we like, there's no one between Atlanta. Charlotte, and DC. Charlotte is the best, the best place. It's literally right yeah. in the middle. They've already proven that that, that they can they can host two uh, professional sports teams. It's really uh, easy also, to get to because they it's also have a, from Atlanta. They have a, they already have a really good ballpark in a really good area. All you got to do is renovate it. Yeah, like add add the seating that you need to. And honestly, big league teams are starting to move to smaller stadiums. So like, they already have. I'm pretty sure they already have a triple A team there. So they yeah, that's, Charlotte Knights. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful that's, ballpark. If you've never been. Oh man. Exactly. They've already got that checked off yep. built into the middle of the city, which is cool. Like you've already got that. Like, Charlotte, I think is a no brainer. Yeah. I think Charlotte is probably the best option. Uh, it puts, it literally puts three teams in a relatively even. However, gap. if they want to, if they want to keep, uh, the Knights there and j- go a little bit more north, they could do Raleigh. Um, I think you have to go Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte's a bigger I think you have bigger, to because it's a bigger city. It's a bigger and it's, city and it's very easy to get in and out of there. And it's a big airport too. Um, now, given my only just thought is like Raleigh does, Raleigh has one professional sports team already that they support very well, uh, and that's the Carolina Hurricanes. They, and the Durham, they already have the stadium. Same situation. Three colleges within 20 minutes of each other. So there is already a young fan base. And Raleigh's the capital of North Carolina. So I mean, they would have to be in, in the Durham area, the Raleigh-Durham area, because yeah. the most obvious name that would be out there would be the Durham Bulls becoming a major league baseball team. I do like where you're going with that. Yeah, but and it's I, just I thought like just the outside outside of, but I there has to be something between DC and Atlanta. There has to be. Yeah, I got to travel I, too damn far for a baseball game, right? Yeah, now. I, I think Charlotte would be the winner for me. One because of what you just said about Raleigh as to why why that would probably get more kickback than Charlotte would, because of the fact you have three colleges right there. 
it would be tough at that point to try to sell some of because they're diehard. Like either you are NC State, Carolina, or Duke, that to try now to put a professional team in there, you wonder about the support they would get. Don't forget, you know, Wake Forest is a far away. Right. You are in the southeast. Do you forget how much no. they love baseball? Right, I get it, but they're also very so as much as much as we love baseball in the southeast, it still becomes very regionalized, and you like you latch onto that team, and that is who you are who are with. So, like to to think about, and that's why I kind of knock Nashville at the same time because Vanderbilt's not that far from it. Um, you got other teams there that you know it would basically be like. If the okay wild ex, wild example, but it makes sense. Just fl- flow with me for a second. It would be as though if the NFL was like, "Hey, we want to expand, but we want to go to Alabama." Those those Alabama yeah. college football fans are not going to have it. Yeah, no, they, you can. They're going to fight it. They're going to fight it tooth and nail to make sure that it is all about Alabama Crimson Tide. They don't want a professional team there because to them that is their professional team. Yeah. I have a question. And here is my two cents on Indianapolis over North Carolina. Atlanta runs the Southeast. In that was going to be my point, too. They like you're not going to get Braves fans in the Charlotte area, Raleigh-Durham area to switch. Back, They're not going yeah. to. Back when the Braves were on TBS every single day, they grew a huge fan base. Now they're second in the entire – in all of Major League Baseball in attendance. They, I mean, no one cares about the Marlins. No one cares about the Rays. So we'll just kind of discount those. But North people in North Carolina don't have a Major League Baseball team. They're all Braves fans, all of them, just about every single one of them, even in Virginia here. I mean, you ask anyone who is, like, older than 30 to 35 years old who grew up in this area, like, they're especially the Richmond area when the Richmond Braves were here, it's like they're all Braves fans. In Indianapolis, what's, what baseball team runs the Indiana area? The Cubs, maybe? The Tigers? Yeah. Depending on where you're at in Indiana, though, because you're you still take some St. Louis fans from there. I think it's, there's it's a bunch good. of teams who run it where like there where the no one's like right. No one's I, I think, think Indianapolis is a great spot for a team because I know they they support the Pacers really well. They support the Colts really well. Ooh, no, I'm gonna tell you where you're running to issues there. For what it is, the same as we feel about the Braves here. It would be the Reds there because Indianapolis is only maybe like hour and a half, two hours away from Cincinnati. Have you seen the owner of the Reds? I get it. And have you seen their display on the field? I get it. If you were going to put a team in Indianapolis, you would have to do it like in the next like year or two while the Reds still stink, and you can. We should expand a team into Oakland. Well, they're, they're going to go to Vegas soon. Anyway, There's not a major league team there already. <laughs> true. But just, just to kind of finish up on the Charlotte point, and because it hits on what you said about, hey, like Virginia, North Carolina didn't really have a, a team. If you also think about it, the locale of them being able to get to a game more, more easily, more accessibly, would probably heighten their fan base. All, right? all like, you really being, need to do is like put on a, like a, a, a decent product on the field and make the fan experience worthwhile. And you can pretty much get like a, like not like a diehard because you're never going to get a diehard. Like if they throw a team up in Charlotte, none of us are going to switch our, our allegiance, but like a, a person who's like, 
Yeah. No, I mean, I would be more inclined. Well, maybe, like, maybe you, Brian, because the Tigers are the Tigers. I'm fucking sick of the Tigers. So. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, I'm, I'm not, not, not going to switch being a, a Cardinal fan to be a Charlotte fan. Yeah. But it would I'm also. not coming off the Red Sox bandwagon. Either. Depends no, on the nickname. No. The nickname would be a big deciding factor. Yeah. For but you, they're like, like said, the I, Charlotte Rockets or something. I'm like, screw that. I'm I don't think even need really uh, the Knights. I don't know really popped. I don't think it would pop at the big league level. Maybe, but maybe the you, Carolina uh, Panthers. I feel like that would be a pretty good name. <laughs> Someone taken? Wait, uh, ooh, I got it. The Charlotte, uh, the Charlotte Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, that was a disaster. <laughs> no, but they're being there because Charlotte is also one of the fastest growing cities in all of America that there's your chance there, right? Yes, like, like now, like right now. Yeah, capitalize on it. Go ahead and take it because that's a place where a lot of people want to be at because it's, yes, it's fast paced. It's a faster pace, but it's not quite Atlanta. It's mm-hmm. not quite Atlanta. And the city itself, like, even though it's, you know, pretty big, the city of Charlotte itself is sort of, it's kind of small, but it's like all of the surrounding affluent areas by it. You know, but then also that sets for a better, a better life for the players that are going to be there. Is you with the live on, oh, was it Lake Lanier out there? Yeah. And you got places like Huntersville and other places around there that are very, very affluent. And you're like, okay. Davidson County is a pretty nice area. Yeah. Just drop is. them in there and, and keep it going. So. So, have, ooh, so Charlotte and Portland. Is that where we're going with? Hold on. I have an alternative. Hear me out. Put them on Mars. Myrtle Beach. Oh, jeez. There's a lot of reasons why. Tourist it, destination. But that, you don't that, have people, that's like, more tickets already than Charlotte. But yeah, like Myrtle but, Beach, I feel like doesn't have like the consistent, like no. the, the consistent population. Like it's like Vegas. You ever, like you ever been to a Myrtle, Myrtle Beach Pelicans game? I can't. I can't have it, so I can't speak on the environment. That there. place is. They have. They sell so many tickets. Yeah, but it, it's sort of what you said though. It's a tourist destination, like, and sure people you are going. Fandom, to, but you're going to sell tickets, and that's all owners care about. Yeah, but it's a okay. So also think about those down seasons there where baseball is like so. Granted, October, right? You're getting you like, got to have consistent season ticket holders. You're probably not going to get the same amount of consistent season ticket holders at Myrtle Beach as you would in Charlotte, or even okay. even in Indianapolis, or even in Portland. Here's here's another reason I say Charlotte. Wells Fargo. Yes, they run that they run that city entirely. So now you have you have the sponsors Wells Fargo. So Bank of America sponsors the largest stadium in that city. Not, Not for long, right? But you also have to think Wells Fargo and true, is it sponsors the other. That, that's you're you're looking surface. I'm looking economically for what <laughs> no for what it, because you're just looking at the stadiums. Any okay, for example, crypto.com, they threw their name on a staple center. That doesn't make it, you know, like nobody's like, oh, crypto.com. Like, nobody, yeah, like it's Wells still Fargo is already Wells Fargo already uh, has Wells Fargo Arena in Philly. So I don't think right. they would take the baseball stadium. hundred percent they would. You kidding? They would. Absolutely. The more, Absolutely. the more places you can put your name, the better. Absolutely. But like I said, that so Charlotte is basically the East Coast epicenter for Wells Fargo. There are so many locations and things down there, but it's so like centralized 
in Charlotte, that that is a moneymaker in and of itself to be able to put that out there. Now you have built-in sponsors that are already in the city, which is only going to heighten because now you can do more as far as saying, oh, well, Wells Fargo sponsored these tickets or they did this, they did that. There's so much more that can go there. Put, Wells Fargo can be the like exclusive ATM of the stadium. Boom, that's money in the bank right there. So, uh, yeah, I'm not that matters anymore, but you know, no one really ever uses hard cash in stadiums. But yeah. regardless, your name is there. People see Wells Fargo everywhere. Yeah, Let's name them the the Charlotte or the Wells Fargo Charlotte Knights, like a little league team. <laughs> the Charlotte Wells Fargo. The, the, Char- the Charlotte Fighting Pink Tellers, presented by Wells Fargo. <laughs> hey, don't laugh. That, that could be a very real Listen, thing in the future that they, they have they, things, like named after a company. And they can name the stadium the Piggy Bank. Yes. See, look at that. Marketing is already making itself. We, it's you making know what, itself. Charlotte, if you get a professional baseball team, screw, us. screw the professionals who actually know what they're doing when it comes to marketing. Hire us. Yeah, welcome to we the. We have piggy no bank. experience, but we are ideas, guys. Yeah, you know, name name the bullpen, extra stuff like overdraft protection, like it, just just make it all bank related. Just yeah, so but where it, are they? But to go back to Portland because I mean Mike and I are in agreement, and I'm sure we could talk Brian into it too. But if you brought a Portland team back or to big league baseball. They have to be the Portland Mavericks, right? Like, they have to be. Actually, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Would that conflict with the Trailblazers, though? I don't think they'd allow it. Eh, probably not. But I just <laughs> thought of an- I thought of another one. But it, it, it sucks because they're in Georgia. But why not make the Savannah Bananas a big league team? That would be awesome, except you, you would have a lot of old people very mad at that. Who cares? They're fun. We need <laughs> to go to Savannah Bananas game. We need to, we need to pack the car up and go. Sure. The the fun thing I've always found about like sports teams in the like football and basketball and stuff in the same city, they generally have like a central theme of their teams. So even if you said, "Hey, well they're the Portland Mavericks," like they're not gonna, it's not gonna conflict with the Trailblazers much because it still kind of plays that same theme. And they'd be red and black too, so like you can just roll them. You could roll yeah. them. Honestly, people in Portland don't care. They're they're so laid back. Like they just love they just love their teams. They 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 could be called the the Portland hate Portlands people, Portlandians, and they would still go support them. Portlandites. Yeah, why not the Portland Portlandians? The Oregon Trail. Keep going. <laughs> yes, please. That's it. All right, all right. I'm on to Portland now. <laughs> wait, I don't understand. Wait, wait. Time out. I don't understand why more cities don't just have the same name for every team. That would just make life so easy. You can just with the same logos too. Like, why has anyone ever thought of that? It's because when you buy tickets to one, you're buying tickets to the other one. Right. Exactly. You show up at the wrong day. <laughs> like, you know, the the Blues and the Cardinals are playing the same day in St. Louis, but you got no, you know. But what I don't understand Cardinals tickets. Why, it's like why, that one day every year that every sports league plays, and you right. buy one ticket on that day, and all of a sudden you're going to all four, all five games. Every game. <laughs> hey. Somebody could have done that in the in, in the city of Boston. They had the, the U.S. Open, NBA Finals, and the Red Sox played all on the same day. What a, and I guarantee what you somebody day. went to all of them. What a day. But that's incredible. my only my last rabbit hole, why don't more cities just have 
not the same name, obviously, but why don't they like coordinate with colors, you know, for the fans? That I can get behind is color coordinated to me. I mean, some do. Some do. Like thinking yeah. about Boston, like the Red Sox and the Patriots are close enough, but like the Celtics and the Bruins, like where, like where, where, where are we going with that? You got black and yellow and green and white, like that's the and along with blue and red, like that doesn't make any sense. I'm trying to think of cities that coordinate. The Yankees, there, the New York is close. So is Miami. Miami's kind of close. Houston's close. Houston is Texans and the Rockets. They're still red, white, and. Yeah, then you have the Astros with the orange. Orange, yeah. yeah they kind of throw it all off. Um, Los Angeles, uh, L.A. Yellow. Blue, though. Blue's but like- but you think about the original Lakers uniforms, they were like powder blue or like they were lighter blue and yellow. Yeah, but with, the, with L.A. now, you have dark blue, light blue, yellow, purple, black, navy blue, red and white well the, the, the red and white team is like an hour away well no i'm talking about the dodgers are also partially red yeah they got red numbers yeah what about i feel like seattle is the closest one right yeah like that the heck else is in seattle oh, kraken yeah they're, yeah, they're probably right kraken kraken seahawks and mariners they're relatively yeah, speaking yeah, close that's colors it. that's probably it and like the old seahawks jersey like not the 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 jerseys before the space ones that they have now were literally pretty much the same color scheme as the Mariners are now. St. What Louis. do you got? Oh, St. Louis. Oh, it is red, yellow, and blue. Yeah, blues? different shades of blue, though, with the blue. If you go to the alternate St. Louis Blues jerseys, they're red, yellow, and blue. Yeah, they're, they're closer, but they are a I, little bit lighter blue, though, as well. Right. The closest that they got was literally when they had. Well, the Rams, the Blues, and the Cardinals all still had like some shade of blue, yeah. white, and you know, going from there. But hey, what no, I definitely get, I definitely get city branding, which I think Seattle, like I said, we 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 hit on it, like kind of gets. Dallas is also blue; it's the primary color, I think, for all three teams. If you don't count the Commanders being in DC, DC is all red, white, and blue. Yes, yeah, but the Commanders, the Commanders are in Maryland. They suck. Screw them. They're, they're the terrible. Over yeah. So, Capitals and Nationals. And Capitals, the, Nationals, and the Wizards. Yeah. Wizards yeah. DC Defenders are the only football team in but that, in that I, city. I, I think that that was an easy one, though. Like, you're in the nation's capital. It's yeah, kind of you're hard not to red, not white, and blue in there, which the, the only team that really isn't red, white, and blue is the one that yeah. is the worst and has legal trouble. I hope that Dan Snyder – this is not a football podcast, but I hope Dan Snyder goes to prison because he's a horrible human being. But – and I don't wish that upon a lot of people, but he is definitely on but, top of the list. But I felt that like through the screen. I felt that one. Yeah. I, I got a lot, I got a lot of issues with that team. Yeah. Yeah. So you think, you think your issues with the Tigers are bad. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. More teams should just coordinate colors. Pick the best team in the city. And you except for the Boston, because all the teams are the best teams. Actually, <laughs> no. Nah. Eh, whatever. Pick the best team. So you would absolutely go red, white, and blue in Boston because there's already two of the three major, te- two of the four major teams, red, white, and blue. With the exception yeah. of the Celtics, can keep the green because yeah, it's too iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have to. Yeah. Um, no, like, the cities that don't have teams that are like established, 
are like middle of the road, you have to coordinate colors yep. starting now. This is an official national wide decree. <laughs> so in St. Louis, I'm sorry, but you're going, the blues, you're red. Sorry. You're the reds now. Well, um, now that probably no one's listening to the podcast anymore, <laughs> that we've started talking about every major sport in America. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you go follow us on Twitter at third base dugout. Um, I don't think I have much more to say. I don't, I have no final thoughts. My team's a shit show. I don't even watch them on, on anymore. Like it's, um, my, my final points will be that, um, Sandy Alcantara is the best pitcher in baseball right now. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, I don't think it's really even close. Even if I think even if DeGrom was throwing, Sandy is still the best pitcher in baseball right now. Um, and we're getting close to, to the trade deadline. So these uh, next few weeks, we're going to see some shaking and, and baking. Next so week will have to be our all-star episode. Yeah. Hey, over under six trades from the from the Mariners with Jerry Jerry Depoto. Come on, man. Over, 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 <laughs> over, over. I think I'm gonna go under. It's not. That's not I, I, re- I really don't think they're gonna be as active as you think. They're so middle of the road, and yeah, their division their division is not winnable. No, but it's Jerry. Jerry's gonna. It is Jerry. I know, but they have such young talent that they're not. They're gonna be like. Eh. They can. They can. They can convince themselves that the wild card is in play yeah. yeah even though it's not it's not really it's really not um shelly any final thoughts uh i'm gonna start to petition that these terrible terrible sports teams sync up colors to the best team in the in the city and it honestly it can it can revolve so you know be on the lookout i'm gonna start it i'm gonna start a movement I feel like every sports city would be red white. I think I found my purpose. It's just to, to get on Twitter and create a movement. Make change. Make like change in the world that you want to see. And that is one of the changes that I want to see. We all have our callings, buddy. We all have our callings. <laughs> what if I what if I actually go go through with this and it actually happens? It's I'll not, be right. I'll be right there supporting with you. It's not because there's really too much yeah. money tied into these colors. The three of us will end up on a uh, on a, in a front office position in Major League Baseball. And all, all we're we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to create a bidding war between the leagues for the three of us. That right. includes these startup leagues too. All right, XFL. Yep. We're going to end up with live with the live tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Open. Well, MLB is no expansion team. The Oregon Trail. Well, yes. I like support. that name. I'm, I'm here for that. I if they do that, Oregon Mike. Trail. <laughs> Oregon that Trail. Sick. What a name. That was clever. We should, we should, all right, final thought. We should create a poll with the cities that we mentioned tonight and put it on Twitter tomorrow. So we have, we have Charlotte, we have Indianapolis, Salt Lake City, and Portland. Yeah. Okay. But here's a challenge. So we'll do this over the next day or so. We each have to come up with our own names for those franchises. And Brian, I've already called uh, Oregon Trail for Portland. All right. So then I – who's taking Charlotte? No, we each come up with it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. each come up with one and see who what, which name they like better. So, like I said, I got Portland, but I already called Oregon Trail as as my – There. Uh, as mine. And then – 100% going to be the Portland Pilots. Cool. All right. 
So got to go the double P there. Some stipulations. It can't be the name of the team that has either been there prior or is currently there in the case of Charlotte with the Knights. Okay. Let's do this. I'm with it. All right, gents. We'll see you guys next week after yet another long episode. Maybe we'll sort it up next week, but thanks for sticking with us. No, we, uh, we like we like we like rambling. Yeah, we do. Uh, episode ninety nine coming to you next week. We'll see you later. Go cards. <laughs>